Here the old gods are dead. Why does this podcast always have to start with like a, a burp or a, a fart? A burp, a fart, or some kind of vape? And <laughs> are you still dueling? Ah uh, yes. Wait. Jewelingo, Jewelipa, Jewelips. The jewel too just doesn't have the same gritty um, kind of like like a. Doesn't burn the back of your throat. Yeah, like kind of like when, like in cartoons, where it's like, oh, the smallest violin in the world. Like the Joe's like the smallest bong in the world. Like the Joe one, like making tiny yeah. little bong noises, like hits from the bong. But like if it was like performed by Alvin and the Chipmunks, <laughs> <laughs> did not the Chipettes version. <laughs> the we have officially entered the territory of lost media. Lost media your performance in last week we've literally just come through the depths of like a mental health break Mm -hmm. unprecedented check on your Mm -hmm. mates um and then tried to record last week and summoned literal demons and liam lost all his audio literally started to talk about that was so scary i started to talk about childhood experiences (laughs) with gold (laughs) And literally, like his camera cut off, his audio cut off, and he was, it was talking and not like it was like one of the it was like wreck or something like that, like a like a like VHS one of the films where it's got like dodgy video. It was scary. I was literally yeah. scared. I was actually scared, and then the other day, I was like in the room next to this room, and this room is unoccupied most of the time. This is like the spare bedroom that our friends stay in when they visit. Uh-huh. I heard knocking on the wall from this room. And then there was like there was no one in this room because Narius was in the kitchen. Um so I I, I knocked back logically. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing came of it yet, but this was yesterday. Well, it's funny that you should bring that up because I did manage to recover a, a tiny piece of your audio that I've got. Oh, really? That, yeah, so listen to this. Like, you can actually hear something in the background when you're talking about your childhood ghost. Hold on. That's scary. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> 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 I literally had to get like another laptop to do that bit because <laughs> we're having to record this in like an old-fashioned kind of way. I know this is like so archaic. Like I can't even see you right now. So we're going to be talking to each other more than a lot, a lot. Like it's happening right now. I can feel it. Ha- like I can hear us doing it. Oh. This is going to be a fucking nightmare. Like, most of the time when I picture Liam in my head, he kind of like, <laughs> the imagery um, that I have in my head sometimes is just the iPhone text bubble. <laughs> <laughs> and this is kind of an extension of that where he's just like a, a green bar on a screen. Yeah. 
and then also like it's it, it's not just the text bar it's like the text bar like the bubble like the actual <laughs> bubbles that are typed in yeah that says a lot about the kind of friendship that we have (laughs) yeah it just no i was literally talking to like my friends last night and we were all like just talking over each other and it was like on buddhism and then on like anger and like why anger shouldn't so my friend becky okay so my friend becky started a four-week course in like Buddhism with the like Highland Buddhist group in Inverness. Mm-hmm. And then this is so fleabag. <laughs> Silent <laughs> retreat. But everything she was talking about, I was like, okay, this is sounding like a cult. Like, <laughs> but then she was like, no, but at the end they were like, we encourage critical thinking here. And I was like, and so that sounds like something a cult would say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I know it's I know it's Buddhism, so it's fine. But anyway, then we were all talking about things, and Kara was like, "Yeah, I went to a Buddhist lecture when I was in like sixth year," and I was like, "Who's shocked? Who's shocked?" I'm if anyone remembers Kara, <laughs> if anyone remembers Kara from the, a previous episode. <laughs> but anyway, we were like talking about it, and then we were talking about her. Like Kara was like, "I really didn't agree with the fact that the guy like said like." Um, you shouldn't be angry and I was like no like I feel like it's you're misinterpreting it because obviously the English language is very limiting when talking about philosophy mm-hmm. because we're so like absolute in the way we talk so like when maybe when someone says don't be angry it means because we say I am angry so you like 100% identify with anger yeah whereas like you're like experiencing the emotion of anger you're not like like angry isn't your like entire personality or mm-hmm. like being anyway Kara has a tattoo that says I is a verb masquerading as a noun and it's so funny (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) you tell me things about Kara and it's like she's parodying herself (laughs) (laughs) she's so funny and like she got it when she was 18 she got I is a verb masquerading as a noun because Grayson Perry, the artist Grayson Perry, great artist, great queer artist, mm-hmm. said it. And then, um, I mean, he took it from, like, some philosopher guy. I can't remember who actually said it first. But it's so funny because she she's, like, even if she's embarrassed with it, it proves the point of the tattoo. <laughs> because, like, the whole point of it is, like, I is not, like, like, your, your being is not a stagnant thing. Like, it's always uh-huh. changing. So it, like, proves the point, which is the most infuriating part. Well, that's camp. That, like, dead ass, that is actually camp. <laughs> like, it, it was, it, like, tr- it's so transcendent to actually have that tattooed on your body because, like, older you finds it cringe, but then also that, in a sense, validates younger you's outlook. <laughs> I'm trying to, like... And I've just like seen a lot of people like on TikTok and that lately, like talking about the tattoos that they got when they were younger and regretting them. Mm. I literally forget the tattoos that I have. Like I could not give two fucks. <laughs> I have a tattoo of Lisa Simpson. I love her. Me too. I and your tattoo. Her. Yeah, I love your tattoo. Me too. Like my pal Amir. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my pal Amir. Like he. Doesn't he any tattoos yet, but wants them, but 
Harry because he's so indecisive. And I'm like, that's mm. why you've kind of got to like bite that bullet when you're like freshly 18. Or if you're some of my pals, like 15 in somebody's who's pretty away, a guy who just yeah, has a on drugs. On. <laughs> on drugs. On a stick and poke. And it's a smiley face and the circle is not round. But, well, I've got trust no one stick and poked into my leg. How ironic. Wait, who stick and poked that? I thought it was an actual tattoo. No, it's a second poke. It's very deeply into my leg. Um, oh. <laughs> I, can't, I actually can't. Like, I can tell you now, but I'm editing it. <laughs> Just edit out the part where it's, you say her name and who she's friends with. <laughs> I think it's very valid that people know the background of that tattoo. <laughs> no, I want it removed so badly, but everybody, like all my pals are like, no, you have to keep that. It's so funny. It's the fact that it says it trust, trust no one, which... Like, fair enough. She gave me it because I like the X-Files, whatever. Um, yeah. But she put a dot in the middle of the, the no and the one because she was like, well, I didn't want it to look like it said trust noon. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, like, do not regret that tattoo. Like, I do not regret it. Like, I do kind of want it to get removed because it's, like, in the middle of my shin. <laughs> but yeah, I it's still still look at it I'm like, oh, well, whatever. The placement's the problem. The actual tattoo... If it tattoo was on, like, your is... inner arm, it would be fine. Yeah, the actual tattoo itself, I do not have any problems with. Anyway, we're, like, literally just gossiping now. Again, that's, like, the whole point of this podcast was... <laughs> Gossip and whispers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm enjoying this. I like the change of pace. I love the tea. I love gossip. <laughs> Not on a public platform. It's my favourite thing to do, and I will do it in the workplace. I will do it in the trenches, and I will do it on the beaches. <laughs> like, I will gossip anywhere. <laughs> I, um, I've seen a TikTok where it with this fucking podcast as well is just like oh i've seen a tiktok i've seen a tweet uh, <laughs> um i've seen a tiktok where it was like oh people who are like interested in history and like were good at it at school are just like naturally really good at gossiping history is just gossip the nosy wee podcast i'm literally the bitchy wee podcast <laughs> <laughs> when we get up on history and just start talking about like actual book weekend imagine we started talking <laughs> imagine we got involved on like the tanning pill scandal that's gone on in scottish tiktok <laughs> tanning pill wait no i'm not up to date on this oh my god all the locals on like scottish tiktok are like punting these um melanin tablets that basically are proven to give you cancer. They didn't say what ingredients are in them. And you can that, like, Scottish doctor that lives in Australia. Every yeah. day he is on TikTok, like, slating them to absolute fuck. And these, like, weirdos are on their TikTok lives, like, totally out their faces trying to, like, scam people and <laughs> buying their, their tanning pills. It's so mental. Oh, oh. Also, all of the, like, people in Scotland who are doing the... Um... You know how they have those those TikTok tablets and they're like, they're down to 64p now. I don't know what they're going to be next. Like, they were 99p when I bought oh them, my but God, people TikTok are saying it's shop. 18p. Oh, it's so embarrassing watching people, like, get on to, like, what, what, is that kind of, what is that called? Where you, you, like, sell something and you get a commission. Is it, like, commission marketing or something like that? Like a payroll? What? Yeah, it's so fucking embarrassing. Like, just go and sell Avon. Like, hey, like, whatever happened to self-respect? Whatever happened to Argos? <laughs> People need to work in Argos. Like, it's the same thing. 
my mum actually texted me this morning being like, oh my God, Becca, have you seen the, the Stevie Nicks Barbie? I'll buy you it if you can like... I want it. I want it so bad. Oh well, my God, I want it so bad. We're going to be sending the American besties to Walmart and Target to go and buy it and get it shipped back in here. No, I need Kate... Oh, actually... To get me it. Any queens of the podcast who are listening who live in America and want to go to Target and get... There are two of you fuckers that I know live there. I know. Like, just just drop us a DM. Please, (laughs) we will pay postage and full price. Like, just... I need it. I've already, like, spoke to, like, one of my pals, like, Chantelle, who lives in America, text her, and she's, like, in Cape Cod right now, and she was like, this place is so disconnected for, like, real America that I doubt I'm going to be able to find the Stevie Nicks Barbie and Target for you, and I was like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) But if she does find it, tell her to get two, and then ship them together, because then we can split the shipping fee. T, my mum's willing to pay that. <laughs> Queen. No, me being like nearly twenty six, and my mum, my mum still gets me little treats. <laughs> you want the Barbie head? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I didn't even like Barbies when I was wee. What is it? She texted me because what she texted me was really nice. She went, she went, keep me posted. That's a great PC history to buy. See if Chantel will be able to get it. I'll transfer money to you. <laughs> a great PC history, the Stevie Nicks Barbie. She's so right. <laughs> no, but it's true. It has the rumours outfit and the exact boots. Oh, my God. The, the boots are fierce. The, so, so good. We should actually just have a podcast where we got soap. <laughs> yeah, because like this, I like talking about things like this. Like This is so me. We should just talk about Barbies all day. <laughs> like this seems like the appropriate intro to talk about like Scotland's most prolific poltergeist and if not in the world in the world yeah yeah I mean that's a segue so this episode's gonna, this episode's gonna be about the Mackenzie poltergeist remember the last time we recorded and we were kind of talking about like ghost adventures and stuff like that and like most haunted yeah. I'm saying that like everybody else has heard what we spoke about last week. <laughs> um the, we cut it at the segue last last week when we were recording. Basically, the reason why I care about the Mackenzie Poltergeist outside of like all the weird books and stuff that I have on like Scottish folklore and history and ghosts and stuff is because I used to be so obsessed with all the ghost adventures and ghost hunting programmes that the History and Discovery Channel had. And yes. like Every now and again, they'd have a special where they like did like the Tower of London and like different haunted Girls places. Girls allowed. Yeah, <laughs> different like haunted places like around the UK, and they would always go to Edinburgh, obviously, and they would always talk about the Mackenzie Poltergeist because this Poltergeist like started like maybe the year after I was born, so it became like public knowledge in like the early two thousands, mm. just in time for me to become obsessed with ghost adventures. But it's like literally, I think the Mackenzie Poltergeist has like the advantage of the fact that it's Poltergeist activity happening in somewhere where tours go through every hour of the day, yeah, and into the night. So there, it's like there's so much recordings of it. Should we talk about this? Yes, I thought that was the whole point of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's me just talk- That was just me essentially talking shit about me watching. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll take a break. <laughs> I stopped smoking again yesterday. That's an interesting sentence. 
stop your game in two weeks. <laughs> no, but like I did go for a week last time and then I was really, really stressed because it was my last week at work and I had to like make a presentation and then I had everything was going wrong. So I ran out and bought cigarettes, but this time everything's going much smoother. <clears throat> Such as being unemployed. Yeah. So I, so I have no excuse. Otherwise I will smoke so much and I have no money. Um, but... I will be smoking on Alicia's birthday because Alicia's birthday is Halloween and I'm hosting her party and everyone's staying here. Nice. I'm going to a flat party in Edinburgh <clears throat> and have <laughs> the choice that I have after the flat parties are it's either go home or be nearly 26 day and hive till five. No. Hive till so, five. I'd that's actually, that's the real poltergeist. That's where you'll see uh, the real poltergeist event. <laughs> hive till that, five. That's the real scare. <laughs> I'm not going in there. Mackenzie the poltergeist, more like Mackenzie the twenty year old woman that <laughs> I'm in a fight with in Hive till five <laughs> because I said the music shite. <laughs> the poltergeist is me just pushing people. <laughs> 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 Anyway, so should I start? <laughs> Actually, come on, like you start getting what you pay for. Like, what about like obviously it's shit that your favorite podcast has not updated in like the last like four weeks. So we're really getting into it. Like you, you can't even want a bit of talking shite when we've not spoke shite for four weeks. Yeah, we don't talk to each other outside of this anymore. That's an That's absolute lie. lie. <laughs> Such a lie. <laughs> Yeah, you tell if somebody even minorly inconveniences you, you send me like <laughs> wins and wins of paragraphs. I am so literally sending her glad. photos of something that annoyed me. <laughs> you're like, I am so fucking glad that you're unemployed at the moment, so you're not commuting. <laughs> me and Liam are going to stop talking because he's not on public transport. <laughs> There's going to be nothing to talk about. I just find like I don't know how. Like the only so London obviously Seoul is city, but it's utopia in the sense that people just understand uh, etiquette in public yeah. transport. And I have beef with that tube girl because she's ruining <laughs> like this utopia that they have built for hundreds of years. But I like her having fun, and also it's catchy. Yeah, and she's like turned in like a system, and you've kind of got to respect. Yeah, you've got to respect that. Because the snobbery that people queen. have, the snobbery that people have on public transport in London is insane. Like a lot you of people cosplay. They, are. they like cosplay reading books. It's mental. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like for two stops, as if, as if. Looking down your nose at me because I'm on my phone. I've pre-saved a YouTube video so I can watch it with the signal. <laughs> <laughs> like downloading YouTube shorts. <laughs> <laughs> me when I me I'm gonna get on the next time I get public transport in London, I will be downloading my AO3 fan fiction onto my Kindle and looking down my nose at all the people who are on their phones. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, so the Mackenzie Polar game. <laughs> the, like, the way that I've had to like set this episode up is like actually harrowing as well. Like, at least five times we've tried to start this. If you include last week, like, ten. The same thing happened last week. <laughs> that, that intro was 18 minutes long. It was really good. 
it was really good and it was concise in comparison to this. You can yeah, tell that this, we're mentally a wee bit more well because this intro is genuinely talking. half an hour long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, fuck it. Because I actually have to edit this. That's the thing. I'm like, huh, it's so funny that this intro is so long. <laughs> I have to go and edit it. I don't know why I hang myself. Anyway. So <laughs> we should probably take another break. <laughs> So, as I said, like, 20 minutes ago, the Mackenzie Poltergeist is Scotland's most prolific poltergeist and probably one of the most prolific poltergeists in the world, and it lives, or haunts, Greyfriars Kirk. And Greyfriars is one of Edinburgh's many macabre tourist spots, and it's famously the home of the Sky Terrier, who was known as Greyfriars Bobby, who spent 14 years in the kirkyard at the graveside of his dead master. In a visit to the cemetery in 1841, Charles Dickens misread a tombstone there of a man called, with the surname Scroogey, and then used that name to invent the character Ebenezer Scrooge. Wait, what? Yeah. Is that true? Aye, it is true. Why was he in Edinburgh? Because it was like the Victorian times, like, where else is he going to go? Like, that's like, literally like... (laughs) Mary Shelley, Mary Shelley was on her honeymoon in Edinburgh to uh, Percy Shelley. And at that period, it was like the height of the body satch and like Birkin hair. And those two bitches that we spoke about like a few months ago. <laughs> and when resurrection men were like digging up bodies, they were doing it primarily in Greyfriars. Um, and then they sold, obviously sold these bodies to scientists for experiments. And then shortly afterwards, Mary Shelley writes Frankenstein, where a guy no. literally resurrects a dead... I'm sure you've told this before, but I'm so shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's two there's two things that like influenced Mary Shelley when she wrote Frankenstein. One of them was potentially that, and then the other one is like Meh. remember like the like electricity war wars that were gone on like with like Tesla and that. And that what's the one that steals Who's... everything? Edison. Thomas Edison. Yeah, the light bulb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, so I think it was like Edison maybe put on a show. It could have been Tesla. I don't know. One of them um, had like a live show where they had like an elephant's corpse and they were trying to reanimate it using electricity. So there was like all these sparks and stuff and it apparently really oh. influenced Mary Shelley when she wrote Frankenstein. But also that modern image of Frankenstein being brought to life well, Frankenstein's monster being brought to life with electricity, that came from the films. You didn't really find out what Frankenstein did to create his monster. Just that he gave it life, so... Yeah, that was, like, a like top ten, like, confusing moments in my life, reading Frankenstein for yeah. the first time and being like, when does he pull the lever? <laughs> Literally, he just says, I made a dead man come to life. That's essentially what he says. Yeah, that is, like, really, really underwhelming, and I, like... I remember, I vividly remember reading it yeah. for the first time. Anyway, to get back onto Greyfriars, Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote Jekyll and Hyde, used to sit in peace and quiet in the graveyard to come up with inspirations for his stories. And also, Polidori, the writer of the first vampire story, which heavily influenced the novel Dracula, studied just beyond the cemetery wall. And Bram Stoker also visited Greyfriars when he was writing Dracula. So, much influence in the literary world, but to many it is actually known as the Harry Potter graveyard, 
because a certain turf used names on the headstones there to inspire characters in her novels. I forgot. I forgot she did that. Yeah. That, like, literally, if you, like, Google Greyfriars, like, the main thing that comes up is Harry Potter. When it has Frankenstein and Dracula <laughs> and Jekyll and Hyde attached, <laughs> that's insane. That's crazy. I know. Aside from that, Greyfriars was the first new kirk that was built fully in the Scottish Reformation and has been the scene in many bloody moments in Edinburgh's history. Aside from Grave Robin, Greyfriars Kirkyard is heavily intertwined with the story of the Covenanters. To like put it very simply, the Covenanters were a religious group in Scotland who signed the National Covenant in 1638. They signed the Covenant to confirm their opposition to the interference by the Stuart Kings in the affairs of the Presbyterian Church of Scotland. The Stuart Kings believed in the divine right of kings, believing that God wished them to be infallible rulers of their kingdom and that they were the spiritual heads of the Church of Scotland. The Presbyterian Scots could not accept this belief. No man, not even a king, could be the spiritual head of the church. Because basically, like by a hundred years passes after the Reformation, where the Presbyterian church becomes the Church of Scotland rather than the yeah. Catholic Church. Because the whole point of the Reformation was that the Catholic Church had way too much influence. The art and the imagery and the figurehead of the Pope distracted too much for the actual teachings of God and the Pope was the most powerful man on the planet so he was like it, it was distracting for the faith, that's why the Reformation yeah. happened, so when the Stuart Kings are basically just replacing the Pope <laughs> with themselves, it became an issue for the Covenanters, you kind of have to agree I mean I, I, as somebody who's not religious I don't care either way but I do have to agree with the Covenanters who basically went, you've just gave us a different cheek of the same arse. Like, <laughs> that was why they signed oh, the wait, covenant. I need to write that down. I've not heard that expression in so long. <laughs> Hang on. I will be using that tomorrow. <laughs> cheek, same arse. So the Covenanters, as they are known, signed the National Covenant in the Kirkyard to Greyfriars as it was a place of legal free public assembly in 1638. While some depictions, if you are to Google this, um, the signing of the National Covenant show the Covenanters like writing on big the big parchment of the National Covenant, writing it on top of like flat gravestones. That's actually historically inaccurate because at the time, it was, you were banned for having the kind of like flat tombstones mm. that are just on the ground, um, just to save space. Like it, <laughs> like that wasn't a thing in the Kirk at the time, although it did become more common like in the late 1700s and early 1800s, if anybody's interested <laughs> in, in the funeral industry. That I'm actually quite like, I'm invested in that a little bit. Yeah, there was a ban on central gravestones, that's what they're called. Um but following the signing of the Covenant, it was clear to the King of England and Scotland at the time, Charles I, that his Scottish subjects were in rebellion against him. This would only be confirmed when they seized strongholds and began to raise forces. And then goes two rebellions, an English civil war that leads to Charles I being deposed. Oliver Cromwell rules the land for a little bit, if you want to find it more about that. I suggest <laughs> I suggest you listen to um, Charles II's rap, <laughs> the horrible histories. That <laughs> is actually like the most well. concise like information point for that. After Oliver Cromwell is deposed, Charles I's son, Charles II, 
becomes King of Scotland and England again. Following the restoration of Charles II, the Presbyterians in Scotland were increasingly persecuted for their beliefs. Arms were eventually raised at the Battle of Bothwell Bridge on 22nd of June 1679. And this was fought between government troops and the militant Presbyterian Covenanters. And it signalled an end to their brief rebellion as the Covenanters were easily stamped out. And then fully in the Battle of Buffalo Bridge, 1,200 of them were brought to Edinburgh to be imprisoned. But because there was too many of them for containment in the prison or the castle, a makeshift prison was formed in the field south of Greyfriars Kirkyard. And they were all penned in. This tiny space that these 1,200 people were penned into, it, it is part of the graveyard now. It's known as the Covenanters Prison. So it was very overcrowded, as you can imagine, in the six, late 1600s, disease is very rife. These guys are injured, they're starving, they're freezing because they're just exposed to the Edinburgh elements. And the Lord Advocate who was overseeing the persecution of these prisoners was called Sir George Mackenzie. Some of them were executed and hundreds died due to the maltreatment, whether it be starvation, disease or infection for the conditions. Mackenzie's treatment of the Covenanters gained him the nickname Bloody Mackenzie. Mackenzie died in London in 1691 following his retirement at the beginning of the Glorious Revolution. His body was returned to Edinburgh and buried in Greyfriars Kirk in a tomb known as the Black Mausoleum. The tomb of Mackenzie then would become known globally as being home to the one of the world's most well-documented and prolific poltergeists. Do you actually ken what a poltergeist is, Liam? Um, is that the ones with unfinished business? Is it the vengeful ones? What's the difference? So, like, I think you're thinking the ones that, like, have unfinished business kind of, like seem to appear to mere people. <laughs> no, me getting my, like, ghost adventure shit. So, like, the ones who hate unfinished business kind of... Uh, they kind of, like, visit people quite a lot. They, they kind of, like, appear and, like, kind of repeat the same things there and there and there again. Cause oh, they're so the poltergeist is the noise one. Like yeah, the... so... Slapstick <laughs> 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 <Like> noises. <laughs> so, it is, it does... The name poltergeist is German. It comes through the German word poltern, meaning to knock, and then geist... Oh. I was Tell me not, that was you. I was Tell not, me that was you. I was not even touching my phone. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> to document this. Um, the, the <laughs> we're like on, we're back to our old recording method. And we're on, so we're on FaceTime to each other, like FaceTime audio to each other. And she just said the word knock and then our phones both hung up. But neither of us touched our phone. <laughs> I'd like bear in mind that I've edited all of this out, but ten like five minutes before this, not even because we're like three minutes into a new recording that we had to make because Liam's laptop literally fucking died. Like that, like we are genuinely scared. <laughs> the battery, like it was, it, it wasn't like the battery was dying or anything. But then, um, you said fun. you said the name, and then it turned off. <laughs> And then you said the name again, and then I couldn't hear you for like 30 seconds. And I thought you had just gone quiet, but then you came back in like giggling. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck then. What's going right, on? so where I got to, <laughs> that is that poltergeist comes for the German word poltern, meaning to knock, and then geist, meaning spirit. In other words, it's just a noisy spirit. According to folklore, poltergeists are mischievous and occasionally malevolent 
entities that play tricks on their chosen victims and generally behave in an antisocial way. Me. That is kind of... Like, if I were to die right now, I have, like, in mind what I would do. Like, that is very on the nose. <laughs> they often cause drops in temperature, rapid noises, unpleasant smells, often accompany their presence, and typically they kind of gravitate towards families, particularly ones... Kind of like uh, like the the conjuring, yeah. They kind of gravitate towards like teenage girls specifically, kind of like right. And the Exorcists, how Reagan yeah. is easily possessed. It's kind of yeah. the same as that. Um, it is said though that in 1998, a homeless man in needy shelter spotted the black mausoleum in Greyfriars and decided to break the lock and enter. No. Surrounded by the coffin of Mackenzie and his relatives, curiosity took hold and the man cracked open one of the coffins. <gasps> As he did so, the floor caved in and he fell into a pit beneath, which contained the bodies of plagued victims which had been discarded there years before. Oh my God. Due to the vacuum by the mausoleum on top, these bodies were still in a state of decomposition. Unsurprisingly, the man fled for the scene in a state of horror, and since then, there have been many strange occurrences taking place in the Black Mausoleum. So this guy kind of, like, upset something in the the mausoleum. Yeah, literally. The Black Mausoleum seems to differ from Edinburgh's other haunted locations for two reasons. One is the frequency of the poltergeist activity, and the other is the severity of its incidents. This actually differs from a lot of other poltergeists as well. Like, this ghost seems to do a lot of damage all at once to many different people. The period between the first recorded sightings in the late 90s and the present have seen hundreds of documented attacks in the Black Mausoleum and the Covenanters prison, which is the area outside it. Of these attacks, an astonishing 140 have caused witnesses to collapse. And that's just at the time of the source that I was using, which was, like, I think for 2018, so it's probably well into, like, 300 now. Oh, my God. Over the years, there have been numerous reports of hot spots, cold spots, cuts, bruises, burns on the witnesses' bodies, often underneath their clothes. Photographs have been taken of these marks, as well as many other oh pictures God. of unidentified shapes inside the tomb. There have been sightings of a white figure, unexplained smell, auditory anomalies, including knocking noises from under the ground and inside the tomb itself. (laughs) Dead animals are found unmarked in front of the black mausoleum, like dead birds, rabbits, dogs, foxes, are all on the steps, have been found on the steps of the mausoleum. People have complained that an unseen apparition has pulled their hair, grabbed their legs, arms and even hit them. One or two have even claimed to have been possessed and the area has been exercised twice, both times unsuccessfully. Oh my God. On one tour, a young boy told his mother that something was touching his hair in the black mausoleum. In the streetlight after the tour, his mother found three bloody gouges on top of the child's forehead. Oh my God. It's actually like it is like one of the worst cases of like poltergeist activity in the world. Like it is genuinely like I can't want to go on the tour. I'm not gonna lie. And now it's coming for the podcast. Like that's crossing a line. (laughs) On another tour, a woman insisted that something was brushing against her face inside the vault. Outside of the mausoleum, the horrified tour party that she was with pointed out that there was a cut down the back of her neck. In November 1999, Colin Grant, a minister of a spiritualist church and the owner of the clairvoyant shop on St Mary Street in Edinburgh, stood in Greyfriars Kirkyard and performed an exorcism. You can actually Google this. 
you can Google Greyfriars Kirkyard exorcism and you can see a picture of this guy. He's got a crucifix in one hand, a Bible in the other, and he's performing an exorcism in front of the wall. And there's like a windy behind him and there's a figure in it. The way this all happens, and it's still like the first thing that comes up while I'm Googling it, is Greyfriars Kirkyard, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Mr. Grant visited the Kirkyard to investigate claims that 49 people taking part in one of the ghost walks of the Covenanters prison over the previous eight months had claimed that to have had paranormal experiences. He stood in front of the local press with a candle and a cross to ward off spirits holding a Bible in his right hand and he claimed he had finally cast the spirits out that had been trapped in the graveyard for centuries. As the ritual grew to a close, a dark shape was witnessed gliding across the window in the Edinburgh church, even though it was locked and no one was inside. You can see this in the picture. There is actually a figure behind him in the window. Oh, my God. That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) The exorcism that Grant performed seemed ineffective, as it was two months later that further reports were made of the poltergeist. On January 26, not long after he expressed fears that his work would kill him, Colin Grant had a heart attack while speaking to the spirit world during a seance at his clairvoyant shop. Some say that the failed exorcism at Greyfriars Kirk led him to be cursed. Well, yeah, I just clicked on the picture of him on Google and it says it's a website called Spooky Isles. And the headline is, Death by Ghost, Did Mackenzie Poltergeist Kill Colin Grant in Edinburgh? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's morbid. That's a wee shame. I mean, all that to be said, um, the sheer power and violence of the Mackenzie Poltergeist kind of makes it like an outlier in the phenomenon. Like like I said, typically it's like one spirit in one household torment in one family, not whatever this is. And the Mackenzie Poltergeist, it's kind of like, it's every single night, it's every single day, somebody claims that something's happened to them. Many people witness. Normal poltergeists have activity that is sporadic and it's quite hard to anticipate. I've read books by people who work in Greyfriars Kirk doing these ghost tours and they're like, it is every night or every week at a push. Oh my God. Um, the Mackenzie Poltergeist obviously does have the benefit of hundreds of people passing through the Kirkyard in tour groups every day and night, and they're under the influence of tour guides, stress and fear begin to rise amongst the group, and some think that the spirit feeds off of this energy, just like a typical Poltergeist would, and because there's so many people there and the fear is so high and the stress is so high, it's able to inflict serious pain on the witnesses and a large group all at once. Others think that instead of being one restless spirit, like it's known the ghost to George Mackenzie, it's actually the history of what happened to the Covenanters and the Covenanters prison yeah. has led to a legion of poltergeist being crammed into one area, which is why so many people can be attacked at Yeah, once. I was wondering if it was going to come back to that when you were stressing like the Covenanters stuff. That makes sense. I mean, 1,200 people dying at once. That's like, even then, like if it is just one poltergeist, there's much, much Energy. death. And yeah, and to be in Edinburgh Old Town and... Genuinely, it's like any city. It's kind of like Paris or... I can for a fact that the Meadows in Edinburgh is built on top of plague pits. Like, there's mass graves in the Meadows in Edinburgh. And it's the same goes for, like... Like, obviously... Greyfriars Kirk was was a field. Like, it definitely would have been a plague pit at some point. So, the deaths of the Black... Like, the Black Death, the Covenanters' prison, 
um, witch trials, everything. Like, Edinburgh, like, has the benefit of being, like, an actual condensed, tiny, tiny place and be so packed through, like, proper harrowing history. It does actually go to make it, like, the most haunted place on Earth, probably. So you can see why this ghost's kind of, like, OP. Yeah. It makes sense. It adds up. Do you think it's, like, a mass hysteria thing, though? You know how people are, like, something bad's going to happen and then, like... Like the mum was like clutching, the mum was clutching onto her son's head really hard because she was scared. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she was clutching at her perils. Um, <laughs> no, I do actually think that like slightly. It's you, there is videos and like witness like testimonies of people like literally fainting and falling to their knees. Like many people have passed it and. The Covenanters prison and then the Black Mausoleum and it might actually just genuinely be due to the fact that they're in a small space and they're fucking terrified. No, I would and do that just purely from the fear. I like people are like font of their knees like it's like Beatlemania or something. Like any videos like when Elvis used to like come out and like women would really fall <laughs> to their knees. Fall to the ground. <laughs> it's kinda like that. I would like to go. I'm curious. I'm very curious. Because Nave just seems to be like bullied him by them. By the like spirits, but there is reports that like in the surrounding areas, like obviously because Greyfriars, like there's buildings on like basically all sides of the kirk, that there's been like fires in the like closes nearby, or yeah. there's been poltergeist act- activity in the houses and the flats that are like on that street. Yeah, and, like Candlemaker Row and stuff. Like folks say that it's like the work in the Mackenzie poltergeist, like because it My like God. genuinely just has so much energy to feed off of it, it can like go other places and wreak havoc elsewhere. But aye, that's the Mackenzie Poltergeist. I would like to ken if anybody's like, if, if anybody else like watched Ghost Adventures and stuff, I can remember hearing about this because the first time I ever heard about the Mackenzie Poltergeist, I was genuinely like seven. And here we are, almost two decades later. <laughs> yeah, that's autism for you. Anyway, I can't wait to edit this absolute mess. Shit show. Two parts, <laughs> over an hour. Definitely going to hear some talking in the background and stuff. Like, angry spirits. Red rum, oh. red rum. <laughs> We're fastly approaching our 50th episodes. Not so fast because we took a one play. Um But if you want to support... <laughs> this podcast you can follow us on instagram at the creepy wee podcast twitter at the creepy wee pod and then you can visit our website and buy merch at the creepy wee podcast.co.uk thanks not a remix because <laughs> it's the bad boys always catching my way Ooh, see that works on two levels because um he was a bad boy like the ghost is a bad boy and then it works on another level because you said Birkin Hair earlier. <laughs> and all I could think for this whole recording was Alexandra Birkin Hair. That's all I'm I ending c- it here. That's I'm all I ending- could <laughs>